The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the technology behind competitive intelligence in marketing. Joining us is Angelo Ponzi, who is the founder and fractional CMO at Craft Marketing Architects. Craft Marketing Architects uses their experience and research to gather the necessary insights from your customers, prospects, competition, and market to develop fact-based approaches to building efficient blueprint plans for growth. Yesterday, Angelo and I talked about determining your brand differentiators, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about establishing a competitive intelligence program. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Angelo Ponzi, the founder and fractional CMO of Craft Marketing Architects. Angelo, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. Glad to be back. I'm excited to have you back on the show and continue our conversation. Yesterday, we started off talking about differentiation. You went through this process in rebranding from the Ponzi Group to Craft Marketing Architects. And basically, my summary from yesterday was differentiation. You want to be different. You don't have to be unique in the entire world. The only person who's, in your case, focused or positioning themselves as a marketing architect, a strategist, but you do want to be different where it matters for your business within your referral network, in your example. There's the notion of also understanding not only how are you different, but what's the world like around you. Talk to me a little bit about competitive intelligence and how do you recommend brands set up a competitive intelligence program? So I call it keeping your finger on the pulse of the marketplace. I recommend to clients all the time, you have to keep an eye on your competition. It isn't an annual event, it's, you know, your strategic planning meeting and somebody starts talking about the competition and then you never talk about the competition and again, unless the sales guys are talking about it. To me, if there's a data collection process that should be ongoing to understand what your competition is doing, looking at their press releases, looking at their website. So you're really gathering information from a secondary standpoint, if you will, to try to understand how they're messaging, looking at new products, looking at new distribution channels, looking at pricing, and ultimately digesting this information to determine how it impacts your business. And so if you don't do this on an ongoing basis, if you will, whether you're looking at it on a monthly basis, a weekly basis, quarterly basis, there's a lot of time that passes by. And if you're not paying attention, you're relying on, I'll say, a salesperson coming in and saying, hey, XYZ company just launched a new product. 
well, at that point in time, potentially it's too late. We might have found out about it much earlier. So there's this, again, I go back to data collection. And the other thing too that I always look at is what are they doing with the data? Who's analyzing it and how it's getting presented back in the organization? I actually picked up a new client a few months ago and I was building my initial presentation to them. I started noticing that there was a ton of information that had been being collected at various points, but nothing consistently. But on the downside, nobody had actually ever talked about it. It was just somebody was collecting it, but they weren't doing anything with it. And so now we've converted that. So on a regular basis, we're tracking, we're reporting, and we can kind of see trends in what's happening from a thematic standpoint. What's the marketplace interested in? What kind of content are they consuming? So why write about ABC when they're really interested in XYZ? So we're utilizing all this information, not only to help us from a strategic standpoint from sales, but also from marketing, content development, positioning, whether we should go to a trade show or not. You know, I've got clients that say, I want to be on Pinterest or Instagram. Well, at the end of the day, why? So when we do look at our competitors, we find out, well, frankly, nobody's on there because the audience isn't on there looking for that kind of information. So why spend a whole lot of time coming up with a YouTube channel when being facetious, nobody's watching videos, right? They're not hanging out there. And so by having an ongoing program, it allows you to stay on top of it. So when a competitor makes a change, whether they're primary competitors or secondary competitors, you can adjust accordingly if you need to, or at least be aware of it. And you know, over the years, and as a marketer yourself, you've heard this, right? I don't have any competitors. Well, we all have competitors of some way, shape, or form. Now, but to your point in our last conversation, they might not be doing exactly the same thing, but we're also assuming that our audiences understand how to separate those, right? Back to the conversation from yesterday. Marketing is not just marketing, right? It encompasses a lot of different things. So if I say marketing, you say marketing, we're leaving it up to them to interpret it. That's why we want to segment it out, try to use points of differentiation to make it clear and more relevant to the audience. And that's why I recommend an ongoing competitive intelligence program so we can make sure that information is added into the mix of everything else. So the idea is that you're understanding and defining who your competitive set is. You're analyzing what's happening in their business. You're aggregating some data, and then you have to figure out what to actually do with it. It seems like there should be a balance here of understanding what your competition is doing and then overreacting or always feeling like you have to make course corrections because your competition is making a change. I'll use the example... I run the MarTech podcast. There are other marketing podcasts. There are even other MarTech podcasts. I might every once in a while check to see what other podcasts are doing, look how they're doing their titles, seeing who their guests are. But every time I see somebody do something a little different, it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to change the format of my show to mirror them or try to balance them. Technically, I guess we're competition. I don't think of people that have similar media products as I do of necessarily being competitive, but I get where you're going. How much do you think about guard railing against your competition and how do you avoid overreacting when they make changes? Well, you make a good point. It isn't about adjusting if your competition decides to add a new service. All this says to me is they've added a new service. The question is why? Is there an opportunity in the marketplace? But there's not necessarily because they did it, I have to do it, right? And so it really is just analyzing data. If I think about research, the you know basic description that I use all the time is, 
His research is meant to provide insights for us to use as leaders to make intelligent decisions. It doesn't tell us what to do, doesn't tell us when to do. It just provides us that information so we can say, does this make sense to get into this? Does it make sense to get into a new marketplace? Or just because you know they're going to a trade show, do I need to be at that trade show? Well, maybe, maybe not. I'm analyzing trade shows for a client right now. Well, the biggest competition to them is a behemoth. They got more money than God. And so we're not going to be able to compete with them. But we know what they're doing and we can understand what they're doing and we can fold it into our intelligence. And that's how I look at competitive intelligence. It's just meant to provide additional information to make hopefully good decisions. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. The word that you said that sticks out to me is understanding. And it makes sense. We're talking about competitive intelligence. And understanding what's happening in the marketplace does not necessarily mean that you have to course correct. And I think that's the important part about competitive intelligence. It is being aware. It is monitoring. In the same way that you think about consumer intelligence, I want to understand the behaviors of the people that might be interested in my products or services. Now, just because you get some consumer intelligence and you realize that one segment may or may not be interested in one of your products doesn't mean that you have to scrap it altogether. You might look for another audience that's interested. You might modify the existing product slightly. You might just decide you're going to keep doing what you're doing. And the same thing happens with your competitive intelligence. You understand who your competition is and what their behavior, and it tells you a little bit more about the overall marketplace and the universe that you operate in. Now, you mentioned that you're establishing a competitive intelligence program by collecting data and trying to build some feeds to figure out what's happening. Talk to me about the type of data that you're looking at when you build a competitive intelligence program. Sure. By the way, I do have an ebook on my website that gives some guidance on how to build this program. It's a free download. So if you're a listener and want to go grab that. But part of it is looking at what can we get from a secondary standpoint, everything from Google alerts, right? Just simple stuff. If somebody puts a press release out, I want to get that information. 
I want to again look at the website. So some of those real touch points that a prospect's going to go to. There was a McKinsey study that came out, I think it was last year sometime. It was they looked at between 2016 and 2019 that identified that there was an 85% increase in the amount of research that a B2B prospect was doing online before they ever picked up the phone to call somebody. So right there, it's telling me I need to be more aware of what's going on. That was a simple understanding that we could factor in to make sure that what we were doing online or on our website was making more sense, that we were giving them the right kind of information versus if it was the opposite and it said 85% increase in looking at requesting PDFs, we could have reacted to that. So it's just, again, how do we collect? How do we watch? What can we see that can have those impacts on the planning process? And, And again, it's not necessarily reaction, but there's a wealth of information that you can get, whether it's secondary or whether you're purchasing publications or research reports. And then certainly at the end of the day, you can do quantitative studies and you know you can pay, do focus groups or one-on-ones or market studies to gather that kind of information. There's a lot of different ways that you can understand what's happening in the marketplace. You can look at market research that's published. You could buy data, collect your own data, look at social signals. You could use search data. That's a great source for user intent and also what's happening with your competition. At the end of the day, it's all about understanding what is happening in the marketplace so you could figure out how to change your marketing strategies to help your business grow. And we're going to continue the conversation tomorrow and talk a little bit more about that. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Angelo Ponzi, founder and fractional CMO of Craft Marketing Architects. In the third part of this conversation, which we'll publish tomorrow, Angelo and I are going to discuss using marketing as a growth engine. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Angelo, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is AngeloPonzi15. That's A-N-G-E-L-O-P-O-N-Z-I, the number one, the number five. Or you can visit his company's website, which is craftmarketingarchitects.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.